0: Job chapter 36, and I'm going to read three verses, Job chapter 36, and uh, I want to read verses 27, 28, and 29 of Job chapter 36, amen, for he maketh small the drops of water, They poured down rain according to the vapor thereof. Everybody say according to the vapor. The rain comes down according to the vapor, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly also. Can any understand the spreadings of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle or the noise of heaven? By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach a word that God put in my spirit a few days ago, and I knew that it was for a particular moment, of course, I normally don't hold messages back. And although I kind of felt like maybe that this was, that I should have held this for next week because it is the Sunday morning of the awakening and this week the Lord just kept nudging me in this direction and gave me confirmation. And so by the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach the convergence of vapor the convergence of vapor. Lord, we need your help this morning to preach what you have laid upon our heart. I pray, God, that you move upon the hearts of this congregation this morning. Let our minds be touched, God, but let our hearts be touched deeper. Let there be an effect this morning, Let there be a breaking forth of this congregation. God, let us break forth this morning in powerful. Praise and adoration unto you. Let there be some vapor that goes up this morning to heaven that causes the rain to fall down upon Christian Life Church this morning. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, put your hands together. Begin to magnify the Lord with me. Come on, some of you know how to send some vapor up today. Why don't you just join with me and offer some vapor up to the Lord this morning. Come on, tune in your voice to what God wants to do. Engage in what God wants to do in the house this morning. Would you engage in what God is wanting to do this morning? Let's just magnify him. He's worthy. Come on, let's break beyond the flesh right here at the beginning today. Let's break beyond the flesh right now. In the name of Jesus, let there be some vapor go up in the house today. Glory, glory, glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. The oceans are our chief source of rain, but rivers and lakes also contribute to rain. The sun's heat evaporates water, turning it into vapor, and this vapor remains in the atmosphere until it condenses into tiny droplets and the wind actually takes effect here and the wind blows the vapor creating um, all sorts of movement in the atmosphere, the movement of molecules and these molecules converge with other vapor molecules to become larger accumulations and then they attach themselves to dust particles. And once they uh, begin to touch the dust particles, there is a bumping together, a literal. The wind causes a bumping together. And the vapor first turns into clouds. And then those clouds, as they accumulate water, Uh, These tiny droplets that Job writes about uh, begin to come together and create rain droplets. And the rain drops become large enough that the wind and the updrafts can no longer sustain them in the clouds. The water vapor rises in the atmosphere and There, it it cools in the atmosphere, and it, it forms these tiny droplets of water that is called condensation, and these then turn into clouds, and as they combine together, they grow bigger and bigger, and these droplets of water grow larger and larger until they become too heavy. Too saturated or supersaturated until they there's nothing that can that will sustain them in the atmosphere. And those droplets of water we call rain. One of the interesting things that I've learned in my study and research regarding the formulation of rain is that while there's been a lot of research that has gone into the formation of rain, one cannot accurately predict when the clouds are going to reach that point, when these molecules are going to grow. They they know that it's forming. They can sense it. They can see it on radars. The meteorologists can, they they study it and they see it in the in the atmosphere, and they know that that it's going to come. But and and, and they even today, uh, we we give the, the meteorologists a very hard time. But in my study, I've got to start giving them a break because what I've learned in my study is that it is only speculation based on the temperature on earth and the effect that it has in the atmosphere and the amount of wind and the temperature of the earth and the amount of wind plays on the effect of the formation of droplets. And that's why that they can't tell you exactly to the moment when it is going to start raining. All they know is there is a high likelihood that somewhere in the near future, rain is going to come. There is one thing that they know for certain. And that is that after a season of vapor going up and the correct atmosphere on the earth and the correct amount of wind that is blowing, there is going to be rain. I want you to know something today. The church desperately needs rain. There is so much flesh in the church today that it'll take a divine encounter with God or perhaps a horrific tragedy for some to be moved from their point of complacency. We need the reign of the Holy Ghost. The reason that the church doesn't experience the rain has nothing to do with the wind because the Bible speaks of the spirit of being the wind. As a matter of fact, the scripture gives us several insights into the wind. The wind bloweth where it wants to blow. We hear the sound thereof, but we can't even tell where it comes from or where it goes to and such is one that is born of the Spirit. You cannot predict the wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth. So there's nothing wrong with the wind. The formation of clouds is, in fact, although the timing is not scientific, but the actual recipe For rain is extremely scientific. They know that after a season of vapor going up and the right amount of wind that eventually there is going to be a downpour, a precipitation. But one thing we know is that the atmosphere on earth is one of the leading factors to whether the rain is going to come or whether it's going to stay stay static in the atmosphere. I'm about to preach to somebody this morning. When the church creates the atmosphere, there's nothing wrong with the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with the wind. There's nothing wrong with God's formula. But when the church begins to create the atmosphere, there is one thing I know. It is going to rain. This is our church's 10th year for our extended fast. In years past, we have had the majority of the church fasting. Our first year, we only had a handful of people that joined us with our fast. We had about an average of 13 in attendance to our prayer meetings. Two years ago, running for about three years consecutive, we had over a 100 people that joined us In our fasting season, this year we don't. The church cannot go where it is unwilling to be led. I know you're not going to run the aisles because I'm right in your face this morning. The church cannot go where it is unwilling to be led. I've heard stories of people getting up to walk one way but they turn the other and they accredited it to the Holy Ghost just turning them. I I know people that have said they weren't going to respond to God and God forced it on them. I, I don't know many of those stories and I've never really followed them too closely because I'm not real sure that God is going to ever trump your will because He is seeking such Who will. He is seeking those who will. He's not looking for those that he's forcing to. That's why God doesn't too often cause tragedy to cause you or force you into submission. He is looking for people who are willing. He is looking for people who have a want to. He's looking for people who have a desire. We have about five more days to get our flesh into submission. Some of us entered this season with a staunch resistance to God, to the call to prayer, and to our call to fasting. We have taken a very fleshly approach to this prayer and fast season there are three types of people that I see in every great move of God there are the critics that find fault with everything there are those who participate with convenience And that's where I find the majority of the church world today. And then there are those that are determined that more importantly than what I want in the flesh is that for the betterment of the church, I've got to do whatever I've got to do to create an atmosphere on earth. That causes the rain to fall from heaven. Because when the praises go up. The glory of God is going to come down. There are some who made up their mind. Before we ever got out of the gate. And your flesh has been resisting Everything that God is wanting to do. We have walked in the spirit of convenience. That's why I'm calling the church this week to a higher level of fasting and prayer than what we have been in. I know some of you have been really sacrificing You have been fasting and going to work and still showing up for work nights and showing up for prayer meetings. I understand, but not everyone. I'm not preaching to those that are sincerely engaged in causing the vapor to go up that the rain may come down. But I'm preaching to those who have been involved in the area of fleshly convenience. I've been making excuses to all the reason why I can't fully and totally get involved in what God is wanting to do. I've been real easy on you, but this week I'm coming out with guns blazing because I fear that some have been faking their sacrifice. Don't offer up to God a fake sacrifice before the sacrifice could ever be offered. Oh, pastor, who are you to judge my sacrifice? I'll tell you who I am. I'm the man of God that has been anointed for this hour to stand in this pulpit and preach not against you but against your flesh and against every spirit that is preventing revival from coming to the church before the sacrifice could ever be offered and consumed and before the glory of God ever came. well, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Before the glory of God would ever come down and meet with man, that sacrifice had to be brought in and it had to be studied and it had to be looked over and it had to be watched for a certain number of days before it could ever be taken into the tabernacle. I'm coming today to tell you we have five days and I'm watching the sacrifice and we're reviewing the sacrifice because I'm determined with everything that is within my body, my soul, and my spirit that the reign of God is going to fall in Christian Life Church in the next two weeks like we have not seen it fall before. I'm determined that we will get beyond the flesh and move into the realm of the supernatural flow of the Holy Ghost. I refuse to offer unto God something that cost me nothing A preacher without the anointing is like a cloud without rain A church without the anointing is like a cloud without rain. We do a lot of thundering. We do a lot of swirling around, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I've got to finish this this morning. This week, this week, we're offering you to participate in 24-hour-a-day prayer and fasting. There's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer when you leave today. You can stop by. If you're in a hurry when you leave because you want to avoid seeing the preacher and you want to get out before I get out there, It'll be available for you tonight. Come on, lighten up a little bit. We will continue with our 714 prayer. But also, I will be at the church every morning at 7 a.m. I won't be leading morning prayer because it is my personal time of prayer. But if you want to join me at 7 a.m., you're welcome to join me. We'll still have 714 prayer here on Monday. In Lebanon on Tuesday. We have a business meeting here on Wednesday. We will have 714 prayer in Lafayette on Thursday. We will have 714 prayer here on Friday. We will have our union and community service right here at 5 o'clock on Saturday. And when we come in, I'm expecting the rain of the Holy Ghost. Pastor, what's got you all stirred up? I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. You better get ready because it's going to rain. That's all you see. I hear. I only see a cloud the size of a man's hand. I only see a handful that's engaging in this message this morning. But I hear in the Spirit, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. going to pray until the rain comes we have five days to prepare and I promise you I have heard from God and the rain is going to fall I need everybody because you are the key to revival I want you to look at your neighbor and sincerely tell them you are the key to revival. Come on, look back at them and tell them you are the key to your revival. The preacher's not the key to your revival. The pastor is not the key to your revival. The right songs are not the key to your revival. You are the key to your revival. You may feel like the most unlikely person to bring revival. Anybody ever feel that way? You feel like the most unlikely person saying, God could never use me. Listen, Moses was an unlikely leader that was slow of speech. God has always used the simple things to confound the wise. Thank God that when he chose me, he didn't look at the most likely to succeed because I wasn't, my name wasn't mentioned on that list. I'm just happy to be here. I feel like David, I was glad when they said unto me, it wasn't too likely for ten generations, David's family couldn't come into the house of the Lord. That's why he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Every successful person in Scripture had more problems than anybody could imagine. If they would have stuck to excuses, we wouldn't have the miracles that the Bible tells us about. But there was something in them that was driving them into action. Listen, the pains of staying where we are must become greater than the pains pains of change. The pains of staying where we are must become greater than the pains of change. One of the greatest hindering factors to revival in the church is that we are too comfortable. Listen to me on this fourth day of February in 2018. We cannot afford. Let me make it personal. CLC, we cannot afford to allow this wave of revival to pass us by. This may be the last wave This wave is critical to our future. We must not squander the opportunity by looking for convenience. This may be the path to your victory. We must not stop short. Your healing may depend on it. Somebody's salvation is depending on it our late bishop said a few years ago if we stay here he wasn't just talking about a building but if we stay here we will die The church needs a baptism of motivation. The church needs a fresh touch of desire. Jacob wrestled and he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. When our hunger for revival becomes strong enough to motivate us beyond complacency and our comfortable status, then we will experience a true apostolic personal revival. We can't expect revival to just come. We can't expect revival to just come. We must go after it. We must pursue it. We've gained some, some ground, but we must not give it back. We must re- be sensitive to the timing of this wave of revival and recognize what has been accumulated in the atmosphere and what God is about to pour out on the church. We need everybody on board. Look at your neighbor and tell them I need you on board. I want to tell you why this is important for everybody to get on board. There is great power in unity. If some of you would realize the impact that you could have on this church's revival. Your decision may be the turning point of the success of a soul being saved. God, I won't let my opinion or my desire or my wants or my feelings get in the way of you moving. God, if you're going to do that, move me. God, let me step aside because I don't want one person to be affected. if some that aren't really fasting would get on board with fasting and some who aren't really praying would get on board with prayer, next Saturday when we break this fast together, I have a feeling that God is going to release something that has been hovering in the atmosphere for a very long time. Come on somebody, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, clap your hands with a strong, energy-filled praise. Energy and passion are contagious, and so is the lack of it. Come on, I want to lift my voice and praise Him strongly. Come on, somebody needs to start expecting what has never happened before to happen now. God can use whatever has been against us to work in our favor. Could it be that the attacks that have forced us to where we are will be what is going to provide for us into the future? Could it be that what we get the victory over will be used to sustain us in the future. Out of the carcass of the lion came forth the honey that sustained Daniel. I'm telling you, God is sending a word to the church today. Whatever it is you're going to get over in the next five days, whatever God's going to bring, maybe what sustains you into the future and brings about your personal revival. Could it be that what the enemy what our adversary intended to use to kill us will be what brings us provision. Oh, I'm preaching good to you this morning. Don't worry about these that are already responding. They've been responding for a while. I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to the rest that I'm trying to get on board with us this morning. Let me share this with you. God, God gave me a dream or a vision. I feel like Paul, whether whether in the spirit or out of the spirit, I know not. Whether in the flesh or out of the flesh, I know not. God gave me a vision or a dream. I woke up and it was the most real moment that I've had in a long time. It was a vision. Of the convergence of vapor. I didn't know what it was at first. I I just saw something swirling in the atmosphere. The particles were swirling and stirring. At first I thought it was only dust. But at the same time, there was a coming together of the particles. As the moisture accumulated... I realized that it was forming clouds and I saw it so clearly and I marveled and I I said, wow, so this is how clouds are formed. And the Lord spoke to me with a thunder out of heaven and He said, no, this is how rain is formed. I marveled. I want to tell you this morning that there are some things that have been in the atmosphere for a very long time. There's some prayers that have been prayed from people and by people that you have never even met that have been hovering in the atmosphere for a very there's some elders that have passed on and gone on to receive their reward but they have prayed some prayers and they have never seen the fulfillment of the prayers but they are hovering in the atmosphere the Lord told me to tell you what you have been praying for has not been gone unheard or been, un, or, or, or been ineffective. They are just accumulating in the atmosphere and they're waiting for the environment to get right so that there is a convergence of the vapor with the Spirit that will cause the rain. Let me explain something to you right now. I'm preaching to those that I have to reason with in my preaching. The moisture molecules have to endure friction. Everybody say friction. They have to endure friction in order for them to grow inside. And if they don't endure friction, they never reach a point of being able to fall like rain. Could it be that the friction that we have been enduring is just the formation of rain from vapor that went up a hundred years ago. When the molecules and the clouds begin together, they literally bump into one another. They get into one another's way until finally they join themselves. They're doing their own thing and they're bumping into one another. They're just bumping around, but finally... They join themselves with other molecules. The friction causes them to join. I'm preaching to somebody today. You need to get linked up with the church. You need to get linked up with somebody that's on fire. You need to get linked up with somebody that's not like you. But they want the same thing you want. I'm almost done. God's going to blow the roof off of this place. He hasn't even began what he's going to do today. Because it may be that the rain is going to fall yet this morning. But one thing for sure, we're sending up some vapor. It's going up while I'm preaching right now. There's some vapor beginning to go up. And it's going to go up this week. And next week there's going to be a kaboom. And people are going to say, what was that? So this is what the Lord showed me. In my dream, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is how rain is formed. He said, the prayers from previous generations are hovering above you. And they have not yet been released. In the early 1900s, revival broke out in Indianapolis. They didn't go south, east, or west. The first thing they did was came north. The first oneness apostolic church that was all white was right here. I'm not bragging about it being all white. Go by my office. Stop by on your way out. G.T. Haywood's church was a mixed group of ethnicities. Heaven's going to be that way. And this church needs to be that way. That's why we're doing everything we can to reach into the Hispanic community. We're doing everything we can to reach into every nationality in every facet of the world. We're going into all the world in the early 1900's an apostolic voice reached the city of Lebanon several attempts were made to start churches a few got started some lasted a few years but nobody was ever able to get any footwork those who did eventually moved to other areas where people were driving in from instead of trying to get groundwork in Lebanon But the Lord showed me Spencer in my dream the Lord showed me a hovering that was not just in Lebanon and not just in Frankfurt and not just in Lafayette, but it was hovering over an entire region. And I started looking and I got binoculars and I was looking through binoculars to try to see if I could see where the edge of the cloud was And all I could see as far as I could see was the hovering of clouds. And the Lord said this is not just a word for the local church. This is an international word for the apostolic movement. the prayers that have been prayed. I've been in this church for almost 28 years, but 25 years before I ever got here, there were already prayers going up for this church and a belief in revival. Many people i have attended funerals and watched entire families as they have passed on and have no more family ties into this church, but they prayed prayers for revival. Friday night in prayer, Friday night in prayer, Danny mentioned a 50 soul revival. We've prayed prayers. We've held prayer meetings when there was only three of us here, but we prayed anyway, and we sent up vapor anyway. We've had prayer meetings rallied around revival, rallied around multi-soul revivals. But I am telling you what God showed me. He said that these prayers are hovering in the atmosphere. For a moment, the Lord gave me a spiritual glimpse into the atmosphere. And He said, tell the church to start sending up vapor and creating an atmosphere. And when the atmosphere is right, the rain is going to come. I had never even studied these things. I didn't even know how it all worked. I went and started studying it for this message this morning. And everything God said was right. When we begin to create the atmosphere and move from complacency and move into the realm of the supernatural and our praise is vapor and our prayer is vapor and the atmosphere is right, the Holy Ghost is going to rain down on us. This is why we need everybody on board. Because the prayers and the worship of one or two will have some effect. And it may even cause a little rain. But it won't cause a downpour. In order for there to be a flood, there has to be a lot of vapor. And that's more than one or two can send up. If one puts a thousand and two ten thousand, what would happen? What would happen if 278 members of Christian Life Church would get involved in prayer and fasting for the next five days? We may not even be able to get past a communion service on Saturday. The Lord said the only thing that is holding back the rain is the atmosphere. He said the only thing holding back the rain is the atmosphere. I woke up startled. I said, God. I started praying where I was. I said, God, I need to understand what you're saying. He said, just take it literally. Exactly what I said to you is exactly what you've got to understand. I know I preached my heart to you this morning and I know there's already been some response, but I don't want to go any further this morning. There needs to be some folks that step out and there needs to be an apostolic convergence and a prophetic transference that takes place in this house this morning, that some old prayers from some people that have gone on before begins to be met with some fresh vapor that is going up. Old mantles and new mantles, former rain and latter rain together, former glory and latter glory. There ought to be a powerful, prophetic transference that takes place. Come on, you need to worship with faith this morning. You need to pray with fervency and faith this morning. If this makes you uncomfortable, just press beyond that that lack of, of comfort and begin to worship. Step in and get involved. There were many differences between the 120 on the day of Pentecost, but there was one thing they had in common. They were all in one place, in one mind, in one accord. They all were filled with expectancy. Somebody needs to respond to the word of the Lord this morning. The rain is about to come down. The choir's not singing. The music is not playing. That's not what's going to bring the rain. It's the vapor of your prayer. It's the vapor of your worship. All over this building from the front to the back. You ought to just step into the aisle. You ought to just move about in this room and begin to send some vapor up into heaven this morning and begin to create an atmosphere for the rain to fall. God said everything I showed you, everything I spoke to you is all about you telling the people to create an environment of expectancy and the rain will come down. Come on, CLC. Take the next few minutes with everything you have within you and begin to worship, begin to pray, begin to call on the name of the Lord today.